0: Welcome to Cinematic Doctrine, a non-spoiler Christian movie podcast where we sit at the table of cinema and eat. Tonight we'll be dining on Jim Henson and Frank Oz's The Dark Crystal. First off, my throat's pretty bad today, so if my voice sounds funky, now you know why. So I figured I'd just put that ahead of time so it's not your audio, it's totally me. But to keep up on my schedule, I thought I'd record anyway, so here we go. I thought it would be cool to check out The Dark Crystal for Cinematic Doctrine with the release of the Netflix prequel series The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So if that all interests you, be sure to check back real soon as I'll have a new episode covering the Netflix series after this one. Apart from the recent release of the Netflix series, I've had a passing interest in checking out The Dark Crystal for quite some time. I really love practical effects, so an entire high fantasy story told with puppets piqued my interest. Which is interesting, because my wife is the one who really loves Jim Henson and puppets and all that jazz, but she had the least interest in checking out this movie. Go figure. But anyways, why don't we get into this? Here's what the Dark Crystal is all about. Another planet. Another time. One thousand years ago, the mysterious Dark Crystal was damaged, and an age of chaos has begun. The evil race of grotesque, bird-like lizards, the Skeksis, rule their fantastic planet with an iron claw. Meanwhile, Orphan Jen, raised in solitude by a race of peace-loving wizards called the Mystics, embarks on a quest to find the missing shard of the Dark Crystal and restore the balance of the universe. The Dark Crystal is rated PG. There isn't a detailed certificate, so here's a Melvin certificate. Mild violence and frightening images. The mild violence is due to some magic-based fighting, as well as some light combat, all with puppets. The frightening images is where things get a little, well, surprisingly frightening. There are these bug-like creatures called the Garthim that are freaky. The Skeksis are quite evil, and how they act out is pretty torturous. And there are some really freaky visuals that might make children scared, so that's something to keep in mind. Before we dig into The Dark Crystal, I also wanted to share real quick that if you've come to enjoy Cinematic Doctrine and would like to support the show, be sure to leave a review on your respective podcast app at the end of this episode. You can also follow the Facebook page for updates on movie news, upcoming episodes, and my own shenanigans. Also, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon! For as little as $3 a month, you can join other patrons and vote on a movie I review once a month, as well as take joy in feeding my coffee addiction. Any amount is appreciated with multiple tiers to choose from, all of which go toward making Cinematic Doctrine the best podcast it can be. And again, if you enjoy this review, be on the lookout for my next episode on The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. So, The Dark Crystal is pretty interesting. I think it goes without saying that the entire film being performed with puppets may be rather alienating for most viewers. And that's after committing to a high fantasy narrative which already alienates a ton of more people. There's something less socially acceptable about enjoying fantasy narratives than drama, science fiction, and even horror. And I guess that's a layover from the 70s and 80s stigma against Dungeons and Dragons, and we can't ignore the satanic panic from evangelical circles. I mean, that stuff was ridiculous, and still is. So there's already two notches against the Dark Crystal right from the start. It's entirely performed with puppets. And it's a high fantasy story. And if I could be so bold, I'd even say there's a third one and that's the slow pacing of the film. There isn't a lot of dialogue, shots will linger, and scenes take a while to finally get on with it. I don't personally find this an issue, especially when the world seems vast and plentiful. The slower pace lets me take in so much more of what there is to offer but this can still be a deterrent for those who want something, you know, a little more upbeat. Again, that's not to say that the film is bad because it's not, but there are a lot of factors that make it hard for most people to, well, take the Dark Crystal seriously. But it's worth your attention. If not for heavily inspired creativity, the romantic nature of it all should keep you interested. It's that simple. I mean, there isn't anything super complex with the story and characters aren't that deep or nuance and, oh, I, I guess, I guess I'm starting to realize that what I'm saying sounds a lot like negatives. It's not, I promise you, it's not. For me, I really loved how simple this story was, how plain, how frank, and how straightforward it is. Jen is the chosen one and he must repair the Dark Crystal to bring peace back to the land. There are bad guys, and there are good guys. It's easy to figure out who is who. And I like that. It's easy, comfy, fun. And I don't find myself trying too hard to enjoy it. That's weird for me because I think I normally gravitate to stories that are multi-layered, feature rich characters, and leave you with a question at the end. And yet, I had a real nice time watching The Dark Crystal. I found its pacing hypnotic, and the art direction endearing and the story cozy. Also, it's really cute. This movie is really cute. It goes without saying that Jim Henson and his team have a propensity to create some of the most adorable designs on the planet, and The Dark Crystal doesn't lose that at all. But also, as mentioned in the content warning, the movie is rather frightening. Jim Henson and Frank Oz understood standard forms of combat, and violence would look clunky and strange with puppets. So they reserved to things that were much freakier and more disturbing as far as I'm concerned, to emphasize how threatening the Skeksis are, not least of which is how they treat one another, let alone other races. It's really nasty, and certain sequences are hard to watch despite being a bunch of puppets. And I haven't even talked about the Gar theme. who are these sentry-esque bug-like creatures that are at the beck and call of the Skeksis, They're huge, dark, and scuttle along the ground at such a fast pace you'll be seeing creatures like them in your nightmares. Jim Henson wanted to make the Dark Crystal a little scary in the likes of the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. He believed that it was healthy and good for kids to be a little scared and to learn what to do with that kind of emotion. And to any listeners of my show, you know I more or less agree with that assessment. I think it's healthy to make things a little scary, but that's a difficult line to walk on. I think that because The Dark Crystal is colorful, creative, and largely appropriate, it works as a film available to children, but it's definitely something to think about on a case-by-case basis. Like, for me, I probably would have been comfortable watching this as a kid, but I can think of a few people who would have found the Garth theme frightening, not least of which is my sister. By the way, hi Cheryl. So what else is there to talk about with The Dark Crystal? I think, like the Brothers grim fairy tales, there's always a metaphor alongside a simple story. And while there isn't some sort of overarching metaphor present in the Dark Crystal, there are small ones here and there, especially with the Skeksis. They're covered in regal outerwear, having countless jewels, and are visibly wealthy, but beneath are scrawny, scraggly, vulture-like creatures that are quite repulsive. And their vulture-esque design fits the bill of being a creature that takes and feeds until it's had its fill. Which, of course, would be never. But also, like the Brothers Grimm tales, this isn't something you necessarily have to pick up on to enjoy the story. You can sit back and watch as those disgusting creatures pig out on a dinner table filled with pounds upon pounds of food in an almost comical fashion. That's fine, too, and that's what makes a story like this so interesting. You don't have to break your back to enjoy certain aspects of the story. You can be a passive observer and have a good time with it. In fact, in most stories, I think it's easy to undermine the simplicity of it by trying to dig deep into certain choices, whether it's dissecting individual characteristics and nuance or intensely picking apart every hidden detail in a scene. At some point, the magic of the entire story is lost on trying to find something else rather than simply enjoying the basic nature of a story. And I guess, in a way, this isn't the best movie to make that point. The Dark Crystal has a wealth of lore and extra tidbits that can be taken apart, but also, when I step away from this film, I feel inclined to say, does it really matter? I feel like it doesn't, because at the end of the day, it's a fun, grand epic told with puppets. That's enough to leave me satisfied, but also I think there's an added level of mysticism for those who want to dig in deeper. If you're so intrigued by The Dark Crystal that you want to know more about Jim Henson and Frank Oz's lore, then do it. They've made things available in the film itself, and I think that's neat. But again, at its core, it's a romantic story in the vein of any grand epic. What matters is the story as a whole, less so much the characters. And by using the term romantic, I don't mean that the story is filled with romance and intimate passion. I mean it in an academic sense, where a romantic story is one about the adventure. Many characters, many factions, many moments, but it's not about deep characters and their growth, but how they journey through the story. Tolkien's The Hobbit is a prime example for romantic storytelling. The term realistic would apply perfectly for something that's a character drama, something about an event shaking up the status quo and characters growing in the process. Something like Stephen King's It would be considered realistic. Some of the best stories employ a balance of the two. But The Dark Crystal is a hard romantic story. Jen is still the same old character he was at the beginning as he is in the end. Nothing's really changed in that department. And that's fine because in the end the story is less about him and more about the adventure he goes on. Because of this, we can really step into the world of the Dark Crystal and pick apart other aspects, such as the history of the Gelflings, or the relationship between the Mystics and the Skeksis, the power the Crystal has, or even something as simple as joyously observing the flora, fauna, and wildlife. Or, as I mentioned before, we could sit back and enjoy it passively. The film offers us both a focused engagement and a casual one. But ultimately, The Dark Crystal is a simple story made great by its style. It's the sort of movie that wouldn't have much of a following if it weren't for brilliant puppetry. And that's what makes art so much fun. Art is expression, and there isn't really anything new to express, but how we express it can be very different than someone else. And that's where true mastery comes at play. That's why The Dark Crystal stands the test of time, and is worthy of your attention. And with that, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you've seen The Dark Crystal, what did you think of it? Do you love the puppetry as much as I do? Or do you feel that this movie's a bit overrated? If you're listening on Cinematic Doctrine's website, let me know in the comments below or shoot me an email to cinematicdoctrine at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, jump on over to Cinematic Doctrine's Facebook page and be sure to follow for updates on episodes, movie news, and my usual shenanigans. You can also support the show by leaving a review for Cinematic Doctrine on your respective podcast app. And if that's not enough, head on over to Cinematic Doctrine's Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can join other patrons and vote on a movie I review once a month, as well as take joy in feeding my coffee addiction. Any amount is appreciated with multiple tiers to choose from, all of it will go toward making Cinematic Doctrine the best podcast it can be. Also, if you're on Letterboxd, I have a comprehensive list of every movie I've reviewed on Cinematic Doctrine with direct links to those episodes, so be sure to check that out. All of this will be available in the show notes. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematicdoctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks too. But let's be real, the podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.